0: Yeah, it's time, it's time. Yes, everybody, it's that time of the week again, bitch. That's right. Welcome to another exciting episode of old school new school comedy podcast. And I am your shit talking host, Christy Miller. And with me this week, you know, oh, actually it goes oh, I forget to say I always have to say this that we're broadcasting sort of live. From the comic strip live here in New York City. Shout out to Tommy and Jeannie for letting this happen every week. They're so good to me. And uh, with me this week is part of the new school generation. We gotta have the new kids peeking. You know, we gotta have part of us old raggedy heads going. When I was your age, we didn't have lights on the stage. They had a candle, and it burnt. <laughs> you had to get off. You know, <laughs> it's like Jesus came down and said, "Your time's up." So. <laughs> But it's nice to have fresh faces, fresh outlooks, and a new experience, especially with this whole new tech age that we're living in since the 2010s. You know, that comedy has taken a whole different turn, and I love getting the perspective of New Jack. So, with me this week, she's seven years in. Baby's first seven, we love it. Um, She is adorable, and... uh, I just met her and I'm excited and I love her energy and I'm sure she's really funny. She plays all the clubs all over the city here in New York City. She's awesome. And give it up for Arielle Evans. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I remembered your name. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm very impressed. I, so, I am the worst big person. And it's people I've known 20 years ago. Oh my God, who is that? Who is that? I saw a friend of mine the other day at the yes. grocery store. Mm-hmm. And we used to, back when I had a day job at a gym when I was a trainer. He was, we worked together. We were, we were homies. Yeah. Forever. For like, you know, 18 years I've known him. And I'm sitting there looking at I'm going, oh my God, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> and I still can't remember. That's better than I always do. Like,
1: I think I know them. And they're like, oh, I have no idea who you are. Like, I, think, I think it's worse <laughs> to forget the name than be like, oh, hey, I know you. And like, I don't know who you are, crazy woman. Stop talking to me. <laughs> I always pull the fake one. Yeah. Hi. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. I of course. Cool. <laughs> like friends of mine will be with me, and so I'm like, "Oh, Christy, I met you at a show. Do you remember?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, that's wrong. Oh how yeah. are you?" And then my best friend will go, "You don't even know who that was." I said, "Nope, not at no all. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Of course not. I got to gain friends. You know, I'm, I'm slacking on the fall. <laughs> so you're seven years. Seven years, yes. How are you liking? It depends on the day a lot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is a real comment. Depends on the
1: day. So you're a real, real comic. It's weird because, like, you fall in love with comedy so early on because it's so terrible. So you have to fall in love with it early on. And then I feel like I go through things where I'm like, I need comedy every single day at every moment. And there are times where I'm like, yeah, I could not do comedy. and be okay. It, <laughs> so I love it. I'm happy to do it. But there's definitely like any
0: job. Ups and downs. Oh yeah, it's uh. If you don't quit every day, you're not doing it. Exactly. But I quit so after 28 years. I still quit every day. I go, that's it. I'm done. Two hours later, oh, I have three spots this <laughs> like, Oh, I have this. After this show, I'm quitting. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm headlining <laughs> <high quality laughs> in Connecticut. Oh, sorry, after that, I'm quitting. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. Yeah. One more well, headlining, and then goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye show. Yeah. All, All y'all bitches. <laughs> but uh, so you're seven years in. So I always tell people like when when new jacks come to me for advice because hungry I mean, um i always tell them treat your com- comedy comedy because it's going to be ups so and and right now you're towards the end of a, your first growth spurt right like the five to seven years is the um i just playing short no it's a thing. that's what i do a <laughs> mother that a little thing okay <laughs> uh is that you know treat it like a baby you gave birth to this comedy persona And then, you know, your first couple years, it's really only a two-year-old kid, if you think about it. That's a good way to look at it. And when you hit five, the five to seven-year mark is when you hit your first growing pains. Because that's when, like, kids start complete sentences, forming their own thoughts. You know, they're starting to be independent. They can play with their toys by themselves. They don't have to be entertained 24-7. Right. So, like, the jokes you wrote in the first few years are kind of baby talk. Like, mine's a big girl now. I don't do those deep, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then they, you're like, because then you start going, hey, wait a minute. That joke used to work, and it's not working anymore. It's because you're growing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's a really cool feeling when, when you know things that always worked, and then they stop. And you're like, okay, something's changing. Something's growing. I'm shedding layers. So yeah. I'm getting deeper, and it's not, I'm getting more real in my comedy's old comedy is just very shallow or very surface right and then by the 10 year you've you figured out who you are on stage and what your point of view is and then that first 10 years out the door yeah and so you spend 10 to 20 writing for that new voice so you're right on time if you're frustrated and like ah. <laughs> Yep, that's, that's a-, a great positive
1: way to look at it but like cause there's jokes all the time that work and stop working i'm like oh i miss a terrible comic.
0: I'm quitting right again, they're gonna quitting. But yeah. yeah. Just look at it as perspective as a child. Exactly. You know, you're growing seven-year-old kids. You know, they're not gonna play with a five-year-old kid or three-year-old. Right. That's kids that like I'm seven. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Yeah, right? <laughs> but, um, and, but it's like, you know, you just gotta shed layers, go, okay, what's going on? How could you could either revamp the joke? Or just scratch it all together and write something new and just but, keep throwing shit against the wall until it sticks. Yeah. But that's all part of finding your voice. So you're right on time. Okay, you perfect. See, perfect. perfect. <laughs> but next think. week I'm quitting again. <laughs> I'm, quitting this one, so. <laughs> I, I'm quitting right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is your Pharaoh podcast. <laughs> but, uh, so being seven
1: years in, are you from New York? No, I'm from Seattle. Uh-oh. Yeah. I uh,
0: <laughs> have <Hey, who, laughs> very strong feelings about Seattle. Oh, I love Seattle. Okay. could people never have strong feelings about That's so why I'm like, wait, you Seattle of it? like a cleaner version of San Francisco. Yes. And I'm from San Francisco. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 92, I almost moved to Seattle. Oh, really? Because of the music bill. We were in the music business at that time. In the industry and had a lot of friends in the industry. And I'm like, oh, Seattle's cool. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's just heroin, overcast, and suicide. That's, That's great. I cool. don't <laughs> <laughs> Hi. dead. You know? I,
1: yeah, I didn't realize how sad I was until I moved out of Seattle. I was like, oh, look at the sunlight. I didn't even know the sun existed
0: with my limb there. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful city. Yeah. But it's like, no, yeah. it's like a walking lobotomy clinic. A hundred percent, but it's very pretty. So well, welcome to New York. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, did stand up bring you to New York?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. I've always wanted to live. So my parents are from New York City and I've always wanted to live in New York. And so I just kind of did it and I was like, all right, I started a little bit of stand-up in Seattle, kinda of just you know, like you chest the waters. Yeah. And then I moved to New York. I was like, all right, I'm gonna get serious about stand-up
0: and I'm gonna to move to New York. So it's kinda of both. Good job. Yeah. No, oh, that's awesome. But it's like uh Seattle and New York, they're so they're so different. It's such a different thing. Are you so how long have you lived here now? Like seven years? Like eight, eight years. Eight years. Eight eight years. years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh anything shocking about this lovely city <laughs> compared to Seattle. <laughs> I think what always is
1: mind blowing to me is a kind of, nothing bothers New Yorkers. And if we were in any other
0: city, people like, what the hell is going on here? Like, Oh yeah, because they don't see that. Yeah. So it's like, But right. Here we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then I got off the, the train and there was this homeless man walking in front of me, getting off the train, just like feet, you know, barefoot thongs or, you know, his flip flops were like falling apart, yeah. not all there. He was a disaster and he was carrying a bag of stuff. And looking around like he was like, Oh, I'm in the right neighborhood. Yeah go go boo thank you yes yeah the and i'm like in my head going it is the upper east side it <laughs> could be the new fashion star right <laughs> that's like the new runway look <laughs> i honestly I wouldn't be surprised if it was it was like vagabond <laughs> but he was just walking around like yeah but he wasn't like crazy yeah. or out of control he was just a normal person yeah would just happened to be down on his luck And smelled terrible. But poor guy. And I felt bad. I was like, you know, I was like, I always try to say, please, God bless them with one little thing today. Just let them have something. He walked around like it was not like a normal guy that's just like all crazy. But he was just normal. Like, you know, this isn't, yeah, this is just my outfit. Right. (laughs) Um, I live in Soho. (laughs) It's so funny. He's ready for Fashion Week. (laughs) I loved him. He was everything. But uh, so with stand-up, how how is stand-up treating you besides like i would say <laughs> that's like
1: i'm trying to think of like how i would rate stand up treating me uh-huh i would say great like i always try to look at like would i be happy or proud of where i am now if i look back for myself last year like where i am in stand-up if i'm last year is what i wanted to accomplish. right and i feel like if every year i'm growing and i'm getting better like it's treating me great Do you know what i mean yeah so I would say yeah, it's going great. I mean, depends on the
0: day, depends on the week, but oh, yeah. It's I love it, yeah. Well the thing is too, is like the more you get into it and like I'm tw- I'm turning twenty-eight uh in December for stand up. And I think I'm in love with it now more right. than when I started. And I think that also has to come with that whole ten thousand hours thing I'm getting almost thirty thousand hours. So it's like, oh yeah, it's easy. And it's fun, but I also love the craft. That's what got me. Because i wanted to do this since I was like five or six years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I knew I wanted to do this. But I thought, oh, that's only for cool people, (laughs) not special people. Yeah, And then when I moved to L.A. uh, with my best friend, she's like, if you don't go to the comedy store and get on stage, I'm going to punch you in the throat. (laughs) And I'm like, well, since you're so sweet and charming. (laughs) No, you're such my best friend. You'll just punch me in the throat. (laughs) But, uh, so I went to the, I said, all right, I'm going to go to the comedy store and this is back in 1995. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to the comedy store and I'm going to apply for a job as a waitress. Okay. And if I get this job, that means I'm supposed to be in that building. Right. And okay. learning and watching. And if I don't get the job, that means I'm not supposed to be there. So I walked in. Thirty seconds later, I had the job. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess we're here. <laughs> and, and it was it was an amazing experience. I was, I was there for like ten years, from '95 to 05, and then I came here. But um, it was uh, probably the best growing up in comedy that you could ask for.
1: It's hard. always hard to explain to non comedians like how addictive and rewarding comedy
0: can be at times. Like you don't understand it until you try it. Yeah. Like when I started, you know, it's always that empty hole in our space because we're we're, nobody loves us. We're losers. Love me. Laugh. You know, we're so addicted to that outside adoration. And then over the years, as I've grown, I'm 53 now. So, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and all this bullshit and got over my crap and worked through crap in life. And now, and back then, I used to do it because I needed it. Now I do it because there's nothing more rewarding than to see a group of people forgetting all the bullshit outside. Yeah. Anything that's stressing them out, anything that's just bogging them down or that they're dreading, just to give them like a spa day for their brain for an hour. Totally. And they could just laugh and relax. And then that way all those, you know, endorphins and shit are going. That way they, when they go outside back into the real world, that maybe, maybe, just maybe. slightly, Like <laughs> yeah. they, they'll have a... Better um, grasp at how to handle what's happening because right. they're laughing and getting all those endorphin rushes and all that shit, and uh, you know it—it kind of helps handle things because when you're stressed and anxious, you know it makes things worse because you're right. only hurting yourself. Yeah, and so maybe like, oh, if they're laughing and having a good time, then going home to deal with their shit, it'll be a little easier to handle.
1: Yeah, I agree. I always—I think it's that too, and. Just providing people with a different perspective? That's funny sometimes. But no, I didn't look at it that way, but that was the
0: way to look at it. It's like, yeah, uh, it's it's teaching people. Yeah. it's opening people's minds. Sure. And you know, with my comedy, it's it's more of like, did she just fucking say that? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Because it's so absurd and ridiculous. Like, listen to how dumb this sounds. This is how you sound. Right. And do you see how r- absurd? Like, it's dumb, so shut up, you know, and laugh. Like, lighten up. It's just comedy. Right, exactly. You gotta laugh. Life is short. We're all going go the same way. We're going out the same way in a box, you know? Right. Hey. And it's just like, you know, and what's going on in the world now, which is crazy, it's just like, it's comedies now. It's, it's, it always has been, but now with the internet, you know, and the tech age that you guys are coming up in, it's even more so in your face, about all the cancel culture, because like, you know, like Andrew Dice Clay was one of the first comics to get canceled. Right. Like back in the late 80s, early 90s. And he got blacklisted in Hollywood. And that's when I met him, was his downfall. And then he brought back up. He's amazing. Yes. He's, he's brilliant. And, now with social media it's so easy to go on and just attack people right and destroy them and it's like wow you guys take this shit way too serious somebody's not dealing with their own shit Hello. <laughs> like this whole Matt Rife thing do you like Matt Rife uh
1: i think he's funny i wouldn't say like i follow him actively but i think he's funny i don't yeah. you know
0: what i mean i think his crowd work was good he's yeah. created his own fan base yeah. he built that all himself i think that's great for him and I think the people hating on him are just mad because they don't have that. Totally, yeah. But the dude's making $15 million a yeah, year, selling out yeah. theaters with $800 tickets. So what if his comedy sucks? It's not for you. Right, exactly. You're not paying. I'm not paying. I'm not a fan, but I'm, I shout out to him, like, good for him. He figured it out. He figured it out and made it. Yeah. You know, who cares? Why don't you go, hey, how did he do it? And maybe I should try a couple of those tips that he gives out. And they're like all destroying his Netflix special, especially for the opening joke. Did you hear it? I did not hear it, but I heard about it, which help pretty. I did which right? It's it's yeah. It's such a hack premise. And I posted on social media when this when everybody's freaking out, he's a woman abuser, he's glorifying domestic violence. I'm like, oh god, here we go again. He's not. I don't even think he can spell domestic violence <laughs> let alone. Just glorify it. Right. It's just we talk about things that are uncomfortable and make jokes about it to process it to be able to go, okay, now we're talking about it. It's in right. conversation. We're not hiding from it. We're not ignoring it. We're not fearing it. We're talking about it. Now maybe we can find a solution. Right. Hundred percent. And that's what comedy's for. It's very healing. And what he said, because I said that joke in 2019, because I was assaulted on the R train. I got knocked the fuck out. Oh, damn. So I came out of the hospital. I remember Aaron Berg calls me, and goes, are you still in the hospital? And I'm like, I just got out about two hours ago. And he goes, you want to come in tonight and go on stage to talk about it? And I said, fuck yeah, I'm <laughs> fuck yeah. Because that's, for me, that's cathartic for me. I have to make fun of crazy shit that happens to me or whatever's happening. I have to, because it's the way I process yeah. trauma is by laughing about it so i can process it accept it say it out loud and then be able to deal with it yeah so i went on stage and i said and it was just brutal it was brutal and i just went on stage and said this is what happens when you don't make your man's sandwich fast enough (laughs) and and the crowd just went oh my god It just fell out and i go yeah It's like, like I still got one shot at it to get it right. (laughs) And we were dying and I was just roasting myself and the whole idea of like, yeah, this is, you know, it's just like making light, I'm not making light of domestic violence, I'm making light of my situation right but also bringing up hey we need to talk about this like shit. this happens it's real like, you know, go, Ugh. Ugh. yeah i'm a woman i got attacked on yeah. the train because i was a woman and i looked like an easy target yeah and and boom and because he was mentally ill he didn't know where the fuck he was right and it, and what it is what it is but to not talk about it no. Yeah, that's bad. Then it makes it worse.
1: I agree. I also feel like sometimes audience, they get nervous about laughing at stuff. I'm like, I'm always like, if I'm saying it on stage, then I want you to laugh at it. Yeah. You know, like sometimes they get t- like, oh, can I laugh at this? I was like, yes, if I'm saying it, I want you to laugh. That's the intention for you to laugh right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so do you find, so that's a great, that's a great thing to bring up Because I was just going to ask you that. Do you have jokes or anything that you've done that people have gone oh no that's terrible you're bad yeah i mean not like bad people get nervous to laugh at it okay
1: i will think it's like too which is when we're talking about seattle but so i'm oh, yes. I, think. <laughs> I will i love seattle okay don't Seattle come to me soon <laughs> but sometimes i most times i will shit on seattle for like all their flaws and people in seattle won't laugh at it i'm like i grew up here like i know what this is like like and experience it. Like, I want you to laugh at
0: it. It's real. So, well, for me, I find that people that don't want to laugh or they get uptight, I'm talking what? about you. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I used to open for Paul Mooney. That's why I moved right, to New York. Best. He's like my dad. Yeah. So, you know, I'd you know, feature, get off stage, and then he'd go on, and I'd sit on the side or in the back to watch him. And one day I was sitting on the side at Caroline's against the wall, and it's packed, and Mooney's going in, doing Mooney, just being Paul Mooney. And I'm screaming, because I know his whole act by heart. I know every joke he's ever written, because I've been around, he's like, he was like my dad, and I work with him every fucking night. So, but it's still the way his, he's just brilliant, and I would die laughing every time. And I remember this white couple turned and looked at me, like, what are you laughing at? Right. And I go, he ain't talking about me. <laughs> you're right, exactly, if you're offended, that's he's talking <laughs> about you he <laughs> ain't talking about me. And it was so funny. And I told him that. He goes, Ah, homie, you're too funny. <laughs> and, uh, but it's just, it's so funny. If you get a, I always find the ones that get uptight and offended are exactly who I'm talking about. Also, like, I, you know, I do a lot of show. you know, on, when I go on the road and, you know, I am 53. I'm in shape. I lift weights. I don't have kids. I never got married because I just enjoy life. Right. You know, I have somebody now, but. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Who mm-hmm. knows? I, I think it's permanent, but who knows? You don't know <laughs> it is. And uh, it, it's just like I never... I just lived life on my own terms. Right, totally. And I always followed my heart. And I live free. Mm-hmm. And I try to... And that's one of the things I like to, you know, be crazy on stage and open and free and talk about whatever. And Mooney so we always say they they're gonna want to lynch you, homie. Yeah. Because you have a freedom up there that none of these other comics have. Right. And I start seeing it, I'm like, oh, okay, you're telling on yourself. And I try to live freely, especially for women. Oh, yeah. Women right. comics and for women in the audience, you don't have to succumb to the society stereotypes. Just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you have to, like, let, you know, forget it. I'm done. Give up. Yeah. Okay, I just have to settle. No, you don't. No, that's not. There's a whole world out there. It's your life. You live it to the fullest. So I try to, like, show women by being, you know, they always say, be the change you want (laughs) to (laughs) see. So I try to be the change. Yeah. Because I want to see all these women just come up and be empowered and And, and just live happy in their best lives and there's sometimes there's those women that are my age and they look way older than me mm-hmm. and they're bitter and they will clutch their purse
1: yeah and- <laughs> <I was> hoping... <laughs>
0: And uh, I figured you would. <laughs> and uh, it's so funny because then it's like they get really upset and offended and complain. Yeah. Even though the rest of the audience. And so I, one of my favorite things is when someone does, it. I love hecklers. I don't know right. about you. Yeah, I don't mind them. <laughs> yeah, I have fun with them yeah. because I usually use the audience to segue into jokes. Right, exactly. So it personalizes the show and it makes it, it makes it more fun yeah. for me too. So when uh, if someone's heckling or, or acting like that, I usually try... I will build them up with so much power and build them and make them the hero as I'm destroying them at the same... Right. Time. So they, so there's no receipts. So they can't say I was mean to you. And it's just so funny to watch. I just love the reactions when people don't like me. Oh I also, it goes back to
1: what we were saying earlier. I mean, it's like... I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't be laughing. Because this is a true statement I'm making right now. Like you yes. say, laugh. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is a true statement. It's not a funny joke. It's like throw it
0: back on them. Yeah. As if they think I'm being real. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if they're not laughing and it gets too real. For yeah. Them, especially like, for example, the Seattle stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, oh,
1: too soon. Yeah. exactly. I'm like, oh, it's... oh is this getting too real? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And then, yeah, I'm like, all right. I'm not going to point fingers, but. <laughs> right. I one not you know, it's just, like, have fun with them. Yeah, And absolutely. really, just have fun with them not reacting. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. I always tell comics, if someone's not reacting, just have fun with it. Or ignore them completely. Right. Play to the tables that love you. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, as a comedian, you
1: always see that one person that's not laughing. You have to try to distract them. So, but every anyway, the one person not having fun, not
0: every... fun problem. problem. Right. Not every person in any room is going to like you, so... Yeah. I was yes, That's not a me problem. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all these guys love it, and you're the only one. Yeah, that's a you problem. Exactly. That is a you problem, bitch. And I have fun with them. Right. You know, I'm not. I, I'm never upset. No. I, I'm not an angry person. I've already worked through all that in my 20s. And 30s. Right. You know, I'm not angry. I love life. I want us all to win. I want everybody at the table eating with me because there's nothing better than being surrounded by great people at the dinner table and everybody's fed yeah you know exactly. what I mean so that's just how I feel about it that's probably why I'm not successful I'm not <laughs> not, I sucked all the rock dick girl that's just what I'm trying <laughs> that, to tell you that's a real <laughs> truth <right laughs> that. that is me <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we're in in New York City now like where is your where a favorite? Oh, yeah, if, if, if,
1: if I have a favorite Obviously, the comic strip is amazing. <laughs> a little blood for it out here. <laughs> uh, I don't. Favorite's hard. I think I'm. I'm. I like performing as much as I shit on Seattle. I like performing back home in Seattle. Just cause all my friends and family come see me. Um, but I don't. New York favorite venue. That's okay. You don't have
0: to. Yeah, have I don't one. have what was mine. I mean, besides here, because I do a lot of stuff here. Sure. You know, but, I mean. Genie and Tom, I recorded my album here. Brilliant yours If you have on Apple, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you download, if- I can also listen. Mail you will copy. Send me. <laughs> right. dollars, <laughs> <laughs> nine <you add> <laughs> ninety-nine on dollars <laughs> But like I, I used to do a monthly here i do my podcast yeah. here i did my album here. Like this is one of the because da- when Dangerfields is reopening. Mm-hmm. Mm. and um but you know this out you know this has like been my home but my my old home was caroline's on broadway nice yeah so and i miss great club her. she'll be back yeah oh, you yeah. know she, she's been looking for a spot since they closed okay good 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 i just haven't heard anything but that's yeah yeah good. i still talk to greg and all that oh, nice. oh yeah i talk to the crew
1: i always think like when you ask me i was trying to think like what my favorite venue is but like every show i think about it usually just the audience that was in the show, I'm like, oh, that was, that was like a great show because like, oh, yeah. we have a great audience there. But it wasn't necessarily the venue itself. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. I la- like, I have favorites everywhere. Yeah, like, I've had favorite nights. Yeah, favorite, you know, audiences and, and you know, and I also have clubs where I just feel warm, like when I walk okay. and I feel, oh yeah, it's a, it's a welcoming club. Oh, yeah. I feel hug, like when I come in the strip, you know, here at the strip, I always feel like, oh. I'm Home, right? You know, when I go to other clubs that will remain nameless, to the stand and um, <laughs> I always feel like it's like, How hey, are you? It's like mean girls, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ew. like, oh, shit. I mean, she has 3,500 followers, we don't like her, bro. <laughs> it's a, a, a you know, yeah. but it's like places like that mm-hmm. that just feel stuffy, mm-hmm. but my, and also, my favorite rooms too are the independent rooms. Yeah. From their the clubs or like either rock cl- music clubs or like underground speakeasies. Yeah. Because to me, that's where the magic happens. Because that's where, that's like a, an offbeaten and path. Right. And that's where you find the salt of the earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. It's like, it's like a road gig, but it's not. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love going on the road because I love the audiences out there because they're, they want to, they want to see a show. Oh, they came hide to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're ready to go and they, this is what they're living for because there's not much out there, so right. it's like a big deal, and it's so much fun, and the love you get on the road is amazing. So
1: yeah, it was, I just got back from last week, and I was in Wildwood, New Jersey, Ooh. and it wasn't a big audience, but again, they just came ready to laugh at it. The great Didn't time, that. yeah. I was like, oh my god, I love it. Yeah, oh yeah,
0: it's just I, I've done shows that uh, that restaurants have built a stage in in New yeah. Jersey. And hire. They do music. Mm-hmm. And they've come out. And they've actually said, here, we'll pay you to come do an hour. Right. Please come to our place and do a show. Right. Of course I will. Yeah. I'm a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, and I get to rip people to shreds. We'll sign my big ass up. I'll go anywhere funny and show. I'm easy, you guys. Look at me. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's that was probably one of the funnest shows I've done in my career. Yeah. And it was sold out. And it was like an intimate thing. It was like a private thing, but it was a private. Right. It was. And it was so much fun. And it's like, it's like those are the off-beaten path. Yeah. The absolutely. independent things that I love. And it's just like, yeah, that's, these are the real people in the world that you, you know, and I'm like, these are the people that buy your records. These right. These are the people that come to your shows, not the city folks. Oh, we're just going to
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so many people outside the city that are so thirsty for comedy because they don't have it normally in their in their neighborhood. So they like, they will have these like independent pop up shows and they're like oh yeah. no, we finally got
0: comedy here! Yeah, like I did a show up in Rensselaer, which is on the other side of the the water from Albany. Okay. In a restaurant, they had an event space upstairs that they would do events, mm-hmm. and so they wanted to start booking comedy because there's no scene up there. Mm-hmm. And even the, the guy that owned the place said, yeah. We I even go to the mics to see if I can find comics and they suck. <laughs> I said, Well it's Rensselaer, honey. Yeah. It's Albany. It's not a big comedy scene. And right. it's hard for them to have comedy up there because they can't survive. So pop-up shows make more sense. Right. People from that's why the funny bone there in the mall in Albany mm-hmm. does well because they do contracted shows. And it's just on the you know what I mean? It's, right. a, it's yeah. not like a they have like a whole lineup like the comic strip or the stand or like a city club has. Yeah. Because they don't have the comics up there. And I'm like, well just call a bitch. I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's but it's those places like that that are comedy deserts. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like so you try to like pitch your show to them, like, hey, how about we do a comedy night? And then those are the ones that are more apt to take a chance if they don't know who you are than say the big name clubs. Because right now, But I've been finding, being an old head and not a TikTok kid, that I'm having a harder time getting booked because I'm not a household name. Right. And I don't have 10 million followers. Right. And they don't even care if they're good comics as long as they think, oh, they have followers. They'll put butts in seat. Right, right, right. That's what we got. The bottom line is okay, do, you, but... do you have that? Have you found that to be an issue? I have
1: seen that a lot. I don't know if it's, I've just been on shows with people that I'm like, oh, how did you get on this? So interesting. <laughs> and then I will be told that they are, you know, yeah, TikTok or Instagram famous or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But yeah, I've seen that around. And I don't have ten million followers. Maybe after this podcast I will <laughs> I have ten million
0: and one. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh I I've had people go, hey, you want a feature for this person? Who? Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh there's TikTok. Oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. You <laughs> just bury him. <laughs> and then I pull the share. Follow this you bitches. <laughs> and then they die, you know, <laughs> but it's fun to go on in front of one of those TikTok famous people, yeah. And I always got, always go, How long have you been doing stand up? I go, Oh, I think this is my sixth show. Oh. <laughs> and that's the, and just blow their mind like, and I go, oh, Good for the <laughs> next show. Oh, I go, I know, yeah. I mean, sixth show today. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I should have used my words correctly, use your words, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like. It's, it's so, and, but you know, and I, and I was telling other buddies of mine that are like 30 and up in the game too. And it's like, we all make our living on the road. Right. So they're not necessarily gonna be household names, but we kill it on the road. Absolutely. And um, which McCall I asked them, I said, how do you, I go, you know, remember when we went through this in 2008, 2009 with Ashton Kutcher? When he got a million followers on Twitter, and that was unheard of back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic yeah, yeah. clubs switched to the comics have to have followers. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then that bombed because people bought followers. Right. And now, like, now there's actual followers, you know? And it's so funny, but it's like, I try to explain to people. I said, you know, that's cute you want to put, you get your thumb on the pulse of the algorithm comedian, but... You do realize that all those people that follow that person do not live in New York City. Right. And nine times out of ten, they're 13-year-old kids. Are they really buying tickets to the clubs? Good luck to you. You know, I'm the days of booking comics because they were good. Yeah. And then you put on a killer show, the word gets out. And that's what helps your business. Because that's what, you know, that's what Mitzi would do at the comics. Mm-hmm. Mitzi Shore. And fuck them. Damn bad good i love i miss her um but yeah that's um and i'm working on something coming in the spring to do like a monthly like heavy hitter show with all of us that are 20 30 40 years in yeah that's all that are can't work the clubs because i've been told i'm too old what? okay anyway. yeah <laughs> oh you're too old you're, you're, you're not you haven't made it yet you're never gonna make it so why are we gonna waste time with you <laughs> We're going to go with this guy who doesn't even have eight minutes, and he may have a shot at making it. Yeah. So we're going to follow him. <laughs> we're going to book him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's brutal. brutal. So I'm like, all right. So then I turn into the Joker. Wait I they Get a load. Little... <laughs> and it's like, but I want, to bring, I want to bring the heavy hitters back. So um, one of the club owners called me and said, hey, I heard you wanted to do a show. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. So tell me when. And so I said, yeah, and this, like after Valentine's Day. That way I can get everybody's schedules because we're all booked out six months week. Right, because you guys are <laughs> professional working at That name. you I booked six days out. In <laughs> but yeah, so that'll be a fun show for all the old guys that can't. And you know, we're not we don't even want us to showcase. Like, dude, do you see me? And you've known me for 20 years. Right. You're a little old. You're a little long on the t- so, Crazy. So just keep telling people, even when you're 20 years in, just tell yeah. them you're seven years. Okay. <laughs> Always be seven. Always be seven. <laughs> Always be seven. I'm sorry, I'm, I was like, you know, I don't know. You might not know him. It was a comic in LA in the 90s named Ant. You know okay. so. It was funny. It's hilarious. He used to tell people he'd been in the game like 20 something years He's he I'm eight years in, and I. just, no, <laughs> no, you're not, bro. And now thinking back on it, I'm like. He was on the some he, he was way ahead of us. He, had a, he was like a premonition guy because <laughs> he saw the future. <laughs> Dude. And I'm so sorry that I always made fun of you for saying that. <laughs> I apologize. And I'm going to be like you now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just always tell them you're eight years, seven years, Ten years. And they think, oh, you still have a shot. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. Yeah, it's so funny, the ageism in this thing. Yeah. Why it he it ask it's hard to tell. You have beautiful black skin. I was like, some black. That's why it's so hard to <laughs> tell. It's
1: hard to tell for me sometimes. I'm like, who is that? Is that my grandma or like my cousin? I'm a I am about to turn 35.
0: <laughs> it's a bang thing. I thought she was in her like, late 20s. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Hang on to that 35, huh? Yeah. And you'll look that way too, <laughs> <I'm> right? And <laughs> I'll just—I think we
1: come 90 years old and just crash completely. All my skinny wear shine <laughs> <cake>. yeah. <laughs> I Yeah,
0: wake up a hundred.
1: Yeah, and it's like everything goes. Yeah,
0: it's fun. Like when I do black rooms, which I do, I love. <laughs> it's about people and. uh, and they're like, oh, girl, you look good from 53. And I said, honey, just black don't craft it. <laughs> no. I make the, and like, yeah, I should be in the Smithsonian. Right. <laughs> Without plastic surgery. Impressive. And right. She's like, a yeah, unicorn. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's study her. <laughs> but yeah, it's so much fun. So with that. Uh, so like, what is um, like. I always talk, I like to talk to, especially with young comics. Like, everybody has a way of writing. Right. Like, how, what works for you, what doesn't work, or how, how is writing for you? How, what is your style of writing? Different. Usually, I have to, like, every once in a while, which I'll get amazing jokes,
1: something will just hit you, you know, like, yeah, oh my God, that's a funny, the best. I'm like laying in bed or like write it down real quick. But I try to, like, dedicate time at least every day, sometimes every other day to, like, sit down and write, even if it's just for 15 minutes, an hour, you know. Uh, but just force myself to do it and write. Uh, that's probably like what like my biggest writing thing. Yeah. And then something hits me, you know, like I'll be on stage and I'm like, oh that was funny when I said that. Cause you always have Yeah, always record yourself. Always voice. always until so you're Yeah, it's always the gorgeous <laughs> sets. Exactly. So like yeah, and I'm like, alright, I'm gonna use that from now on. So those are I guess my main writing things.
0: But yeah. Oh that's good. I just I write a lot in the shower. Oh, because I'm not distracted by anything and there's nothing to think about and then it just all these ideas come and then I have to remember to get out and yeah (laughs) but I also come up with ideas because I don't write Mm -hmm. I can't I I, my brain moves too fast yeah I'm just trying to get to the punch oh yeah yeah. so I write I write outlines and bullet points you know like like an outline like what the joke is and then bullet points of like beginning, middle, end kind of thing of, like, where it's going to go. I'm the opposite. i got to write every word out. That's oh, my, yeah. I eat my style. I'm so jealous because that's such a discipline that I don't. <laughs> and then I go, well, that might be why you're not. But I write on stage. Yeah. I have an idea in my head, and I just let out whatever comes out, comes out. I've always been
1: jealous of it. I just can't. I mean, obviously, something funny happens in the moment, but, like, I've just never been able to write on stage.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, but that's for me because right. One of my things when in the 90s was, I'm like, I want to be a better joke writer. Right. I want to be a better writer. So I joined, I took the Groundlings. Mm-hmm. And I went through the Groundlings. And I went through level two. And the teacher goes, don't waste your time. You're better than this place. I'm like, Oh, that was so sweet. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's her nice way of telling me you suck and you're <laughs> You're never going to be in the theater. Now. But I really didn't want to be in the theater. Right. I just wanted to be a better joke writer. And the thing was, was trust your gut. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing that pops out don't think about what you're going to say just let it out just, yeah. and so I was able to practice that and and I wanted it that for writing and also for hecklers if someone up really I wanted to be able to think on my feet so I went through the ground links to learn how to you know really develop that muscle right and trust myself and know that it's like funny versus don't hold back you know don't no, I better not. You know. Right, right, right. Totally. Do you have anything that you ever think like, oh, I shouldn't talk about that. I shouldn't say that.
1: Um, no, I always try to be true to myself and true to like how I would, how I would talk in my normal life, obviously make it funny. I was like, I'm not going to go on stage and I don't know, be like super explosive and talk about all the stuff. It's like not how I am as a normal person. Of course. of course. So that's why I would say nothing's off limits to me, but everything I want to feel like my authentic self. Yeah. That's what I would say. So, like, yeah. the things I won't say on
0: stage, but it's not because I feel restricted. Okay. It doesn't feel like me. Yeah. You know, uh, and, I've, and I've had jokes that I've written. I'm like, yeah, that's not a me joke. Right. Exactly. Uh, this joke goes to this comic. So, right. I'll call them up. Hey, I wrote a joke. It's not me, but it had your face on it. So right. I give it to them. I used to do that with Mooney all the time. <laughs> I'd come up with crazy shit. I'm like, homie, here's one. <laughs> Steal It's yours. Yeah, I it's for you. I would never talk like that. That's not who I am. You know, it's like I'm it was so much I loved writing for Paul. I love giving him jokes and shit like that. It was so much fun. But um, so before I always like to wrap up the show with two questions because they're fun and these are things that no one ever asks. Right. And we're comics. We 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 love comedy, we are comedy, and we're stupid. So <laughs> I always ask this one because it always tells me, like, like who you're into and, like, what. it's I mean, what? It's just a fun thing because no one's ever thought of it. Because, you know, why would they? And <laughs> is there a bit a comic has done that made you go, God damn, that was brilliant. I wish I had written that.
1: Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I just lost my voice completely. <laughs> I got so worked up over this question. I'm <laughs> so excited. Oh, uh, there's I definitely have seen jokes. I'm like, damn. I was like, really? Like, funny and like I'm super jealous I'm thinking of like I love like Marina Franklin mm-hmm. and I feel like I have like I'm not saying I'm as good to me as her but like a similar style and sometimes I'll hear like a premise that like was similar to mine and I'm the like, damn, she just did that way better than me and so there's definitely jokes
0: like that but... yeah I have that with Bill Burr yeah <laughs> and I used to know him back <laughs> but uh, there would be jokes I would write especially yeah. like during lockdown and yeah. I wrote this joke and I called my best friend Teddy Smith. Like, oh my god, yeah, this is this. this, this <laughs> really it. It all, I'm home, and I was like, homie, that's funny and that's fucking hilarious. Write it down. I said I did, I did. And all of a sudden, I had this nagging feeling. Like, Watch paper type, like. I didn't yeah. watch it. I watched it. And there's the joke. Word. <laughs> no. And I'm like, no. And then I, but I always do that and go, well, great minds think.
1: Right. Exactly. It's always like a compliment to you if you're yeah, like, yeah, like, I'm like right
0: that. Right. And I don't even remember what the joke was anymore because yeah. I tore up the paper. Pic- yeah, and you forget about it. You're like, all right, that's yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't, be, I don't even care about it because there's so many things. That's one thing I learned working with Mooney is that there's always something else new. Totally. Because they stole from him all the time. Yeah. But uh, that's that's I No, Marina's great. Yes, She's wonderful. And I was thinking, I was somehow, I was thinking about this too. Like,
1: it's not my style because it's not my style of how I do comedy. But mm-hmm. Norm McDonald was always so brilliant to me. He's brilliant. Like, oh my god, the way he commits to the bits that he does, I'm like,
0: I wish I had that. It's like so good. Yeah. He starts to tell a story, and then it goes off. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, where is he going? <laughs> and then he wraps it. and Bam, punch you yeah. right in the face. Ah, Oh my God, Raiders! He was one of my favorite comedians,
1: uh, but yeah, he's so good at it.
0: Love, well, hey, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like top heading
1: Right, you think he's like this random rambling drunk guy, yeah. and all of a sudden he just hits you again with he bite in the face, and he like headbutts you here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> here's the joke. <laughs> yeah, uh, those are the, those bits are hilarious. Yeah. Now, um, being an old head that I am, yes. Comics sitting around, like at the comedy store or in green rooms and right. stuff. You know, you always try to make each other laugh with stupid shit. Yeah. I love street jokes. And Paul Mooney used to close his sets every night. That was his closer, was like four or five street jokes. Yeah. But he would Mooney eyes them. Right, right, right. And make them his, even though you knew they were street jokes. Sure. But that's his closer. And I love, and he would destroy me every time. Do you have a go to street joke that you tell? I do not. But I think they're hilarious. <laughs> I, mean, I love when people
1: will roast people. They're just like say the most basic things, they're like, "Look at this guy over here in this blue hoodie." And then, you know what I mean, like, yeah. descriptive and just roasting them for like whatever they're wearing. I think it's so funny because, yeah, we're like, "I'm oh, just wearing a normal outfit," but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just roasting him. So, and I love a good Yo Mama joke. Always love those. All oh, the dozens is the best.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So was so fast, she'd play hopscotch like this. New York, <laughs> she- Idaho, Idaho. <laughs> California. <laughs> I, think I was trying to think of what's the one,
1: it's like she sat in a rainbow and Skittles popped out. Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just like those silly jokes are just so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, what the, that's that's the best part of them. And yeah, millions of them. Like I always tell people one of my favorites is there's a priest and a rabbi mm-hmm. sitting in Central Park on a bench and this little, and uh, then and there this 12 year old kid goes skateboarding by the priest goes, man, I sure like to fuck him. And the rabbi looks at him and goes, out of what? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's stupid.
1: <laughs> so See, it
0: makes me laugh every it's time. So it's, so so it's hilarious. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and if you have any shows coming up. Hi. Absolutely. So you can check me out on Instagram,
1: Ariel Diamond Evans 8. Um, Facebook, Ariel Diamond 8. Twitter, Ariel diamond eight um next saturday i'll be at my friend kyle lewis's show at the stand at six o'clock Ooh. on saturday the second i think that's the second yes i think it is i think it is oh for for shits and giggles it is yeah. <laughs> and then on my website ariel nice awesome
0: i'm so glad to meet you it's great You're so adorable thank you <laughs> to meet new people and you know me you can follow me everywhere at Christine miller comedy and you can follow this show on Instagram as well at Old School New School Comedy. And uh, if you love me, please follow. If you hate me, I'm Kathy Griffin. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the show. We love you. See you next week. Yeah, it's up time, it's up time.